podcast for Geeks by Geeks, where our hosts talk news headlines, comics, tech, and have in-depth discussions on all things geek. Keep calm and venture into the wasteland. Well, hello fellow podcast listener, and welcome to Geek Follow Reloaded, the bi-weekly news and discussion podcast for geeks by geeks. I'm your host, my name is Chris Lockhart, and I am not alone. I have a full crew of of uh, people here that want to discuss geeky things, uh, just like me. Um, first up, uh, our special guest this evening, Michael D. Jackson. How's it going, Michael? It's going well, you geeky thing, you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, next up, we have Kevin Decent. How's it going, Kev? It's going well, and I have uh, lots of topics of people biting the heads off of chickens. I Perfect. think that might be the wrong geek. <laughs> um, next up, we have Ragnar. How's it going, Ragnar? Well, it's going quite well. Hello out there, everyone. And last but not least, we have the lovely Lillian Knelson. How's it going, Lillian? Fantastic, fantastic. All right, well, let's just jump right into our geek news. All right, well, first up on my list, and I, I had to throw this in. This actually happened a few weeks ago. Um, the Comicsology app uh, <laughs> was updated uh, a little over two weeks ago, uh, about two and a half weeks ago. And I hate it. I, I really hate it. And once again, uh, Canadians are getting the shaft. Um, so what, like, the way comics all, the Comicsology app used to work, it's, you know, for people who don't know, it's it's for getting digital comics. It's a, Basically, it's a, it's a comic book store online. Um, and you get the app and, and, you know, you can read comics on your tablet, which is what I've been doing mm -hmm. since 2014. That's when I switched to digital. And I'm so glad I did because I still have so many lawn boxes and storage um, of comics. I'm probably never going to look at again. Um, it, it, it was basically just a storage issue. Um, I, I didn't think I would like digital comics, but I love digital comics now. And I really loved Comixology uh, because they used to have uh, great sales. I used to buy, you know, especially the last few months, like they had a lot of Marvel Epic collections, which if you were to buy in the store would be would run you about forty five to fifty dollars Canadian, and they were selling them for like five dollars uh, on a Comixology sale. It was fantastic. I was so happy. Then, then uh, what happened? I, I want to say it was like 2016-ish. That's when Amazon bought Comixology, and then they were going to, you know, integrate Comixology into the Amazon, uh, you know, universe, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then I, I think 2019 they tried it, and it failed, so they kind of just went back to the old app. Uh, but now this... This time around, they basically said everyone has to switch to this new app. You, you know, the classic one will not be used anymore. So I switched to it. And um, because I'm Canadian, um, 
my Amazon store is Amazon.ca. And the Comixology app now tells me that um, this app is not supported by Amazon.ca. Even though, like, I I technically have an Amazon.com account as well, for some reason I can't, it won't let me go through Amazon.com. It has to be Amazon.ca. So what I have to do now is I actually had to download the Kindle app in order to buy new comic books. Um, so So now I have the Kindle app that I have to use. Um, in order to buy comics, but now I don't get the Comixology sales. So that really sucks. But on the other hand, uh, because Comixology Unlimited is an option in the United States that we were never given up here in Canada, like it's like a subscription service where you can access, you know, like you pay whatever it is, $9.99 a month, just like Netflix or whatever, and there's, you know, a catalog of, of comics that you can read, you know, for that price. Um, that was never an option up here, but through the Kindle store, there's certain comic books that you can read for free if you have an Amazon Prime membership, which is what I have. Um, so that's kind of cool. You know, there's some comics that I don't have, like, I probably wouldn't have bought anyway, but now I could just check out for free if I want. Uh, but they also, uh, Kindle also has a Kindle um, Unlimited app, which also has a bunch of comics that you can access if you were to get that subscription. Um, so, yeah, so on the one hand, I have access to free comic books. On the other hand, I don't have access to all these cheap sales that Comixology offers because the Amazon.ca store doesn't support it. And I'm also told that like a lot of people in the states don't like this either. Um, I, you know, probably the most famous person I've heard of is Patton Oswalt. Um, I guess went on his Twitter and was really upset with what Comixology has done. Um, and a lot of people are, are switching, either switching to physical media again, or just dropping off comic books altogether. Um, and I and I got to say, like the thing that sucks about getting new comics on Kindle is like Comicsology would separate them. Like they would say, you know, like they would have a section that would say, you know, this week and you know for new comic books, and that's where I would I would scroll through. I'd look at the new Marvel comics, new DC comics whatever right it would have it broken down these are what's released this week and i would pick what i wanted whereas with the kindle you actually have to know what you're looking for so now i have to go to another app uh because i i've got the midtown comics app um so now i go through that app to see what's released this week so i can type it out individually on kindle in order to buy and it's not like Amazon where you can pick multiple things and it all goes to one shopping cart and it's one purchase. Through Kindle, every time you buy a comic book, it's a separate purchase. So, you know, instead of one shopping cart where you you know have four or five comic books and you pay for them all at once, 
you have to pay for them each individually. So yeah, they're, I, I'm not liking it. Comixology's really made it tough. You know, I'm hoping they improve on this. I'm assuming this has something to do with Amazon. You know, I know it has something to do with um, getting all of their brands under one giant corporate umbrella in order to bring up the stocks, I guess. Um, but for us fans, it's very frustrating. And, and comics is already kind of a, a volatile market. It's, you know, like they don't sell comic books really at, at grocery stores anymore or convenience stores. Uh, so they're not getting a lot of new fans into the genre. So, the con you know, when you alienate your existing fans in this way, it really kind of sucks. Um, but hopefully it gets better. But does anyone have anything they wanted to add for this comicsology story? Well, I, mean, I, I, actually... I, don't, I don't read or buy a lot of comics, but I love having physical ones. Mm. And I the whole idea of digital comics and, and paying for them to read them on my phone or tablet or computer is just like, I, it's a non-starter for me. I, I wouldn't even consider it. And then what you just described, I'm like, oh, I definitely wouldn't consider it now. Yeah, it's tough. Like, for years, I never considered it. And then um, my the comic store I used to frequent, which no longer exists anymore, uh, got a new owner, and the guy was such an, an a-hole. I was like, you know, I'm never buying a comic from this guy again. So then I kind of had to switch to digital. Um because there was no other comic book store near me. And it was actually kind of cool, because, like, now I could, you know, uh, get comic books the day they're released, whereas instead of I had, I had to wait, like, a week or two before I could make it into the comic book store. But, uh, yeah, they definitely made it, uh, made it tough. Like, I, I just don't understand why you would launch an app that's inferior to your previous version. Um, and, and then, like, like, I don't know, I, it's, it's almost like they had, you know, they gave, like, this group of people, you know, it has to be, we're launching on this day, you have to be ready, and they weren't ready, and they launched anyway. But, anyway, Ke Kevin, did you have something to add? So, I actually just, uh, canceled my subscriptions, uh, yesterday. Mm -hmm. So, I had... Um, I had Comixology Unlimited, which was like seven a month or something like that, which is not bad. No. And considering the thousands upon thousands of comics on there, it's a very good deal. Yep. And I had uh, Prime, and I was doing the monthly payments for Prime. But I sat down and like, I haven't touched the Comixology Unlimited app in months because mm -hmm. I've got such a backlog of physical ones to go through. And Prime, I just... I, I haven't watched anything on Prime lately um, for months as well. Uh, I don't really order that much because most of the stuff I'll just be like, oh, let me go to a comic shop after work. Let me pop over mm -hmm. Barnes Noble. You know, I'm, I'm just grabbing it in town anyways. Yes. So I'm like, this is, this is going to be a waste of money here. And maybe around Christmas I'll sign up for like Prime again or something like that, you know. Um, but then with the app... It, there's a lot of stuff where it'll show the books that you already purchased on Comixology, 
but it's trying to charge you again for it as it downloads it. Um, some people's collections were just not there at all. Some people, it was showing you didn't have an account. Uh, you guys sync up your Amazon, your Kindle with your Comixology. All right, so I'm using three different apps to do one thing here. Yep. Uh, and yeah. then a lot of it is working on the apps, but it doesn't work on the website. So if you wanted to read it on your PC, that option's gone. You can't do that right now at all because they're steering it towards the apps. Now, I understand for Amazon, hey, instead of having an app that we bought and our own app, let's just streamline it into one. That does mm-hmm. make sense. But there's a way to go about it that is easy for your consumer. Yeah. Um, and the example that is is not that far ago, but seems forever ago, is Napster versus iTunes. Now uh-huh. that came around, yeah. and like we were all grabbing the music on there, and, and then people started getting shut down for copyright. So you're, you're doing little tricks like purposely misspelling the name of a song or switching artists and song titles. You know, like whatever you could do to to mess with the security of it. And then iTunes comes along and it's like, hey, for ninety nine cents or dollar ninety nine, here's the song that you want in perfect condition, and you can have it on your device in two seconds and people are like oh that's much easier than be screwing around with this app to find an illegal version of it yep and people went for it i could read every comic i want to online for free if you know where to look and it's not that difficult to google but i prefer to have a very nice copy of it on the comiXology or the kindle app yeah but if you're gonna make it difficult for me and this other thing, while illegal and stealing, is simpler than yours. Yep. You know, you're, you're almost forcing people to leave your app and go other means for it. So they they got to get it straightened around. I, I, the way you're saying, like, they had a deadline and just went with it, it would not shock me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I got to admit, like, at first I was really scared because all my downloads disappeared off my device so that you know and then when i finally got into my library i was you know everything was still there so i was i was fortunate i wasn't one of those people that lost everything um because i mean i've spent a lot of money on comiXology over the years because it it was one of those apps like you know like i said they would have these sales so i would buy comics that i normally would never buy but it was so cheap i was like you know well one day i'll get around to reading it so might as well get it now it's only two dollars or whatever for you know a hundred page graphic novel like why not so i was really scared that i was had lost all of that but i didn't thankfully but the only thing is i had to re-download a bunch of my stuff again which is which sucked it was frustrating um the one nice thing about this though is comiXology does do these original comic books like uh you know recently they've had scott snyder doing um a comics uh with different artists and stuff and in the states they were free if you had amazon prime but in canada even though i have amazon prime i couldn't access it for free so i still because i was a you know i'm a, a scott snyder uh greg capullo fan and they were doing a series and i wanted to check it out so i had to pay for it but now they're free uh because now through kindle i can it, i it recognizes my Amazon Prime, and now those series are free for me if I, you know, if I want to check them out. 
uh, even though I paid for like the first couple issues, any in, anything going forward is going to be free for me. So that's kind of cool, but yeah, it's still frustrating. Um, all right, well, the next one I have for for geek news, uh, and I think I heard this today. Uh, Florence Pugh has been cast as Princess Erlon for Dune Part Two. Um, so for those who don't know in the, in the 84 Dune, that role was played by, um, oh, what's her name again? Um, Virginia Madsen, Virginia Madsen. Yes. And yeah, she was, she was absolutely beautiful. Like, you know, and I mean, she's still beautiful. Don't get me wrong. But, um, back in 1984, like I, I still remember that opening of Dune where she's narrating, um, the beginning there and you see her, you know, beautiful face on the screen. Um, so I was very curious as to who was going to play her in part two, because we didn't see her in part one of, uh, Denis Villeneuve's, uh, Dune. Um, and I, I love Florence, Florence Pugh. I, I think she's fantastic. I thought, you know, like I didn't like the Black Widow movie, but I loved her in it. Um, and I loved her in the Hawkeye series as well. Uh, you know, I, I think she was one of the best parts of the Hawkeye series and one of the best parts of Black Widow. Um, and, uh, you know, like she's, you know, very beautiful, just like uh, Virginia Madsen. Um, but now I'm kind of interested in who who's going to be playing her father, who's going to be playing the emperor of um, the Dune universe. You know, fingers crossed. I'm hoping it's Tywin Lannister, you know. Um, I am drawing a blank on that actor's name. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, I was just thinking about him the other day. Charles Dance. Charles Dance, yes. Dance. Charles Dance. Just on the tip of my tongue. But yeah, even though he might be a little bit too old, but but in the book, he's you know the Emperor's quite old too, so I think it would work. Um, they might not cast like a known actor. They might pick somebody that we're not familiar with. Hard which, to say. Which, which I'm cool with, but I mean, I don't know. Like, there's this. Um, I watch these videos on YouTube about Dune uh, and uh, where they explain Dune and stuff. And there's this one YouTube channel called Nerd Cookies. Uh, and a lot of times, when she talks about the Emperor, she'll use like a picture of Charles Dance. Um, okay. And, and I don't know, it's just it's just kind of grown on me. I'm like, he would be a great emperor, he, you know. He was great in Game of Thrones, and, he, you know, the show kind of tanked, you know, started tanking when he got killed off, so. Um, <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he's a fantastic actor, so. But, yeah, Florence Pugh as uh, Princess Erlon. I think that's going to be awesome. Cool. Um... All right, so this is probably the one that Lillian thought I was going to talk about first. The I'm o- actually surprised it wasn't. The the o- were you thinking Obi Wan Kenobi? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh-huh. That was that was going to be mine. <laughs> so I think it was was it today that it was re- or was it yesterday? Maybe yesterday. 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 At the time of this recording, and man, I'm I excited. I am so stoked for the show. Um, you know, the I thought, you know, spoilers. Um, I just, 
I think it looks amazing. I, I love the fact that they got um, the actor who played Owen in uh, episode two and three. He's back as as Uncle Owen. Um, Ewan McGregor, of course. Uh, I love the, the you know that we're going to be seeing the Inquisitors. Yeah, um, the spinning lightsaber man. Yeah, spinning lightsabers. Um, and then, like at the end of the trailer, when when that person was talking about the Jedi, we assumed it was, or at least I did when I first watched it, that it was the the head Inquisitor. Um, but people have been saying that they actually think that was the Emperor talking. So we might get the Emperor because you know, like it, he wasn't. They didn't show Darth Vader. In the trailer, no. but Hayden Christensen. But they they basically, yeah, they've all all but said Hayden Christensen's coming yeah. back as Vader, not as Anakin. So. Yeah. And 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 it could it still kind of fits in, like because I like in in A New Hope, um, you know when Vader and Obi Wan meet, you assume it was the first time since you know he got turned into a, a yeah. Darth Vader, but. Maybe they did meet after that, you know, like me, you know, um, maybe there was an encounter like, you know, when Obi-Wan talks about Darth Vader in Return of the Jedi, you know, about being more machine than man, you know, twisted and evil, like, like, I don't know, I was always, I always kind of wondered, like, how did Obi-Wan know so much about Vader, you know, just hiding out on Tatooine, but now it kind of makes sense that, you know, he would have maybe met Vader, you know, on those yeah. years. And maybe but he... now, now, Oh, go ahead. Now, of course, the big, the big question though, is, is, you know, not that, you know, that he knew Vader, you know, cause he obviously did, but now it's like, why the heck did he lie? In the very, in the very first one, when he talks to Luke Skywalker, he just totally bullshitted. <laughs> why? <laughs> why is he giving the love of Luke Skywalker such a bullshit story about Darth Vader? Oh, like the here's, here's your father's lightsaber. He killed fifty children with it. <laughs> well, yeah, you're talking you're talking about when um, uh, uh, yeah. what happened to my father, and he, you know, he was betrayed and yeah, murdered by a... Darth Vader was a pupil of mine until he turned to you. He betrayed and murdered your father. Well, you know, yeah. Well, the th- the thing is, like, like I know he he was lying to Luke, but at the same time, I always think that was what George Lucas had in mind because I like, I remember rewatching that scene not too long ago. And when you look at the, like Alec Guinness, like when Luke asks him and he gets this look on his face, like it's almost like he, that look when you know, someone's about to tell a bullshit story. Like it's like, it's like, it's like they knew all the way back then, even though maybe they didn't, but now it seems like they did. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm super excited. I, I think it looks fantastic. You know, we're gonna get Obi Wan oh. off world. I'm, you know, like everyone's focusing on Darth Vader, um, and Hayden Christian coming back. I'm kind of wondering if we're gonna get Darth Maul in this as well. Well, the the, the duel of the fates music suggests that we are. <clears throat> yeah, because uh, you know, spoilers for anyone who hasn't watched Star Wars Rebels. Like, we do get the final encounter between yep. Obi-Wan and Darth Maul on that show and I would love to see it done in live action. Um but yeah, it's Darth Maul Darth Maul's totally a possibility. But I don't know how far they're going to go because like 
that was closer to a new hope whereas this show it looks like luke looks like he's only about like seven or eight at this time so (laughs) he's definitely a little kid yeah can they de-age mark hamill that far back (laughs) (laughs) and i'm I'm kind of wondering oh go ahead michael i i I saw this the the trailer and and i you know it looks it looks fantastic but i mean you know honestly i i it's so so serious you know i i i kind of wish sometimes that they would have a little more fun with some of these shows um you know i, I uh actually I, I made a pitch for a a luke skywalker movie after the han solo movie of course the lucasfilm does doesn't take external pitches but yeah um I was thinking, you know, let's let's do a little lighthearted thing. Let's do like a little let's let's combine Star Wars and American Graffiti. You know, let's have let's have Luke, you know, like Big Bigs and Tank. It's their last night on Tatooine before they have to go off to the Academy, and they sort of you know go off in their speeders and have an adventure. You know, but you know they've obviously chosen to go with a more traditional way. So yeah, yeah. Well, we kind of got that on Boba Fett with those um, bikes, those hover- with the Vespas, the, yeah, Vespas, the Vespas, yeah, yeah. The slowest uh, Vespas ever. Um, oh, that was, yeah, yeah. That that yeah, I really did not. I really don't like. They don't like lighthearted Star Wars. <laughs> I, I I don't mind that. It just it seems so out of place, like for Tatooine. That you know. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I I I don't mind a good lighthearted Star Wars. Like that's one of the reasons why I love Rebels. Like it really um, gave me that feel of. You know, like this is, you know, kind of like Han, Luke, and Leia. You know, like in in the first Star Wars movie, it was that kind of lightheartedness. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I highly recommend Rebels. I think it's a fantastic show. Um, yeah, they had some really funny, good episodes in there. Um, also, another new trailer that dropped yesterday. Speaking of. Uh, lighthearted and hopefully fingers crossed um star trek strange new worlds the the trailer uh teaser trailer dropped for that series um to me it kind of looks like like we're we're going back to and this is what i wanted from the beginning like you know like the one and done episodes you know like the positive vision of the future um Mm -hmm. I'm really hoping that's what we're going to get with Star Trek Strange New Worlds, because I love uh, Anson Mount. He's one of my favorite actors. I loved Hell on Wheels. Um, I got to meet him in 2019. Super nice guy. Um, you know, I, I loved it when he was on Discovery. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to Strange New Worlds. Um, See, I, I love his podcast. He's got a podcast yeah. called The uh, yeah, the, the well, the well, I think it's yeah. called. Yeah, yeah, it's a great podcast. Um, and I was, you know, I, I love Star Trek uh, as much as you do, and I was very excited when I heard the original theme music mm, yeah. during the the trailer. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this quite uh, quite a lot. Yeah, yeah like, I, and I don't mind like the aesthetics and and you know the advanced technology. Like I've kind of in my mind. I've I've accepted that Discovery and this series are like it's not the same Star Trek canon. They're doing their own thing, so I'm cool with that. But I want more. I want 
more po- a positive vision of the future. Like that's what I like in my Star Trek. Um, more episodic, not not a whole story that goes across an entire season. You know, let's, well, I I don't mind a see uh, as you know an underlying season long story arc. I I don't mind that. Um, yeah, let's let's give us something for that hour we're paying attention to. Don't just leave us hanging at the end of it until we get back to next week. Yeah, I, I want, but you know, like what the title suggests, like I want to see strange new worlds. I want to see new life, new civilizations, and boldly going where no one's gone before. I, I want, I want that back. Um, yeah. Like I watched the newest episode of Star Trek: Picard tonight, and I haven't seen it yet, so no spoilers. I, I, I won't spoil. But again, we're getting into dystopian Star Trek, and I'm like, ugh, I don't like this. I don't like dystopian Star Trek. I want good, positive Star Trek. Like, literally, like, I'm not spoiling, but someone, again, one of the things that drove me nuts about season one of Picard was the fact that someone gets murdered every episode. Like, literally, someone gets murdered. And in this Mm. episode, somebody got murdered, and they made a joke about it. And I'm like, ugh, you know, this is not Star Trek. You don't take lives like this and and make fun of it. But John Delancey was fantastic. I gotta say, I you know, um, I love John Delancey. Yeah, like I I love him as Q. Um, I I don't know if you saw episode one, Michael. Um. I, I did see episode one, but I haven't seen the newest one yet. I, I love that when he's like, let me catch up, and he snaps his finger, and now it's like John Delancey yeah. as he is now. Because uh, they start, perfect. Yeah, they started with the de-aged John Delancey where, you know, like he looked in the 90s, and then he snaps his finger, and now he's as he looks now. And, it, and it's mm-hmm. so cute. Like, that was so awesome. Like, I love the Q stuff. I really do. Um, mm-hmm. And one... Um, one of the cool things about this season, I love the starships. Like they got Doug Drexler back uh, designing ships. It, you know, in some in some ways, I think they they took some of our criticisms from season one and um, learned from it. Like when when Riker showed up on the season one finale with all those cut and paste same starships, everyone was kind of like moaning, like this sucks. Like where's all the other ships? And then they had, like, a fleet uh, show up in episode one of Picard, and they were all different. Like, we got, a you know, a new Stargazer, we got a new Excelsior, uh, we we saw the uh, Sovereign-class vessel, which the Enterprise-E was a Sovereign-class. Um, so that was really cool, seeing all these different ships. And in this episode, um, you know, there was some name drops, like, you know, uh, Gal Dukat got name dropped. Uh, General Martok got name dropped. Um, I, I like that. I, I really like. I thought that was really cool. Um, mm. But I just, uh, you know, yeah, they they went dystopian, and it's like, oh my, you know, I felt like I was watching the Hunger Games, like. <laughs> but well, I'm I'm hoping that Strange New Worlds will will bring a more positive light to the Star Trek TV series. I'm hoping so too, and and I really maybe, hope maybe bring bring back some of the old energy from the old the original series. Yeah, and and I really kind of hope that they just say this is a reboot. So, because I I don't want to see Anson Mount. I'd like his Pike to have a happy ending. I don't want to see him 
burnt up. Like, I know it was already kind of hinted at in Discovery, but, like, I'm hoping... <laughs> yeah. You, you don't was... want to see him end up in the chair with a beep, beep, yeah. beep, beep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no one does, but, you know, that, that, yeah. may, be his, that may be his fate, who knows. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, it could change. I mean, you know, Captain Pike got killed in Star Trek Into Darkness, so... I, I don't want that for That's him. That's true. But, but... but that was when uh, he was played by... Um, uh, Bruce Greenwood. Uh, yeah. yeah, Bruce Greenwood, who's a Canadian actor. By yep. the way. Yeah. yeah, no, he was fantastic as Pike, too. I thought he was great. Um, all right. Uh, does anyone else have any geek news they want to share? This that this is all I've got for for geek news. Um, a quick little thing. So Kevin Smith has apparently signed a deal with Dark Horse Comics to do his own line of comics through them. Oh, that he's going to call uh, Secret Stash Comics. Hmm. So the first one's going to be sort of a horror anthology. Which you know he did uh, Red State recently in Tusk, um, yep. so he's he's got like a horror mindset there. But then other ones are going to follow any character that he owns from any of the movies until you know off stories, which is what he did. Oh my God, late nineties there. Um, in Mallrats, there's a throwaway line. Jay says uh, he's faster than Walt Flanagan's dog. So there was a uh, Oni Press did a. Uh, Jane Silent Bob uh, story in an in, in anthology of theirs talking about Walt Flanagan's dog and what that reference meant. And it was like an in-between scenes thing there for Mallrats. Mm-hmm. So he's done stuff over the years, but Kevin Smith also has a horrible reputation for not finishing comic series. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man Black Cat took years to come out, and he never finished uh, Daredevil Bullseye the Target. And, and I say this as a Kevin Smith fan, but I'm like, you've got a whole other, you know, a whole imprint here for a major comic company. Like, you got to actually do the work here and finish it. And and ironically, because when we last recorded, I was talking about me not finding the time to write, but I'm also not being paid for it mm-hmm. you know, to come up with stuff here. Uh, and I would suspect a lot of his comic book men group are going to be, you know, writing in these and chipping in and having their own titles and stuff. So I, I I have not made up my mind if I will buy it yet or not. It just got announced. So it's going to be a couple months before it's actually on stands. And I, I don't know. I'm a little torn. Yeah, I, I, I think I'll, I might check it out. Um, well, I know Walt Flanagan, like he is an artist, like he did, uh, uh, Batman cacophony with Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> So, you know, like, I hope, you know, it'd be awesome if they got Walt Flanagan in there. And, you know, I'd love to see a Blunt Man and Chronic comic, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. I think Kevin Smith and co- comics goes hand in hand. But, yeah, he's got that <laughs> reputation of of uh, being late with his, with his stuff or not coming out with stuff at all. Yeah. But he has done some good runs. Like, I mean, his Daredevil's amazing. And uh, he did a run on Green Hornet, which really should have been the Green Hornet movie, you know, instead of what we got. But, but yeah, no, that's, that'll be interesting. Uh, does anyone else have any, any geek news? I have a couple of items, courtesy of my friend Frank Garcia, who 
used to be a staff writer for Starlog magazine, actually, and, oh, and, cool. and Cine Fantastique. He sends me stuff every now and then. Uh, and I found this one kind of interesting. Mr. Robot creator Sam Esmail. I don't know if you've seen the show Mr. Robot. I've, I've never seen it. But Sam Esmail is the creator of that show. And he's mm-hmm. going to be doing a brand new series uh, at Apple TV called Metropolis. Now, it's not Superman Metropolis. It's actually based on the old 1927 silent film Metropolis by Fritz Lang. If you, yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen that. In a, it's it's had a couple of um, uh, iterations recently. Uh, where they found old footage, but it's a silent film about the city of the future, you know, mm-hmm. New York in the future or Metropolis in the future. And, and, and the, if you've seen it, you know, the robot Maria is used to foment a revolution, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, but I don't know what they're going to be doing with a TV series, but Apple TV series, they got a, they got a series order for a, a science fiction TV series based on, the movie Metropolis. I have no idea where they're going to go with that. No idea what they're going to do. But uh, Metropolis, of course, is one of the early examples of um, uh, um, uh, what's it called? The, the uh, it's it's a uh, uh, I've lost the word. Anyway, it's a, a uh, expressionistic style of filmmaking. It, uh, mm-hmm. German expressionism is is what the the term that I was looking for is. And and you know the cabinet of Dr. Caligari and Metropolis are two examples of early German expressionism uh, that uh, that does these sort of wild things with film. Uh, well, wild for the 1920s. I mean, now, you know, but by, you know, combining that with, you know, uh, the uh, CGI and stuff like that, modern film uh, effects. Um, I'm interested to see what it's going to be. It, it might, who knows, it could be a dud-like foundation, but but it's still an interesting idea, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it. So, so you you didn't like Foundation? Um, the TV series? Yeah, Foundation? No, I it, it was interesting. It yeah. was it was uh, you know uh, visually stunning, but I mean I like, I have got too much faith. I have too much um, uh, uh, love for the Asimov's original Foundation, and yeah. there was not enough of that in the TV series. It, it it just started going into a soap opera direction, which was, I mean, Jared Harris was great. I love Jared Harris, but, yeah. uh, you know, he, they, they sort of, you know, uh, kept the story. The very first episode was the, basically the psycho historians, the first, mm. um, story in the, uh, foundation, um, novel. And after that, they just kind of started making it up. And, you know, we, we never really got a coherent story after that. I don't think. So. Yeah. That was my problem with Foundation. Yeah, I, de- I could definitely see that. Like, um, I never actually read the the, the novels. Um, you know, it's always been on on my to do list. Um, so yeah, I just I went in as a you know just a, a fan of science fiction. So you so you, you 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 went in cold. Basically. I, I went in you cold. You yeah. Have, you, yeah. Okay. So, so it would have been probably been a different experience for you than it was for me. Yeah, and like for me, I I, I actually enjoyed it. Like, um, but I definitely see where where you're coming from. Like, yeah, it was getting into the soapy, you know, mushy, you know, CW type of storytelling. You know, <laughs> um, which I yeah. you know yeah. I don't think was necessary, but. You know, I guess it's kind of like what they were doing with Game of Thrones, like in in like not not like in a different way. Like in the first few seasons of Game of Thrones, 
uh, because it was HBO, they had a lot of TNA, and, Mm -hmm. you know, like, that was to attract people to get in to watch the show, and then once they got people sucked in, they kind of phased it out a little bit, you know, and and it really wasn't about that anymore. Um, So I kind of feel like that's kind of what they were doing, like, they, you know, like, they wanted people to get sucked into the drama and the, and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but they, sh- I really wish they would have just had like hard science fiction show. Like I think, it, you know, but it looked good. And like, I love Jared Harris. So I'll follow him anywhere. Um, amazing. yeah, yeah he's actually Lee Pace. Uh, yes. uh, uh the, the character of the emperor is a minor character in the books. He's, he's mentioned a couple of times and then dropped. So oh, okay. to have this whole, whole obsession with the emperor character was, was, was kind of coming out of left field for me. But although, you know, the actors who played the emperor at different various ages were, were fantastic actors and just oh, yeah. watching them work was amazing. But yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, it just was not, it was not Asimov. Yeah. Um, but Apple TV also does a series called For All Mankind. Um, and that that's one of my favorite TV shows going right now um, with uh, Ron Moore as one of the producers. It's an, it's an alt history where, where Russia lands on the moon first. And um, so the whole space race never really ends. It continues on. Um, so yeah, I, I keep my subscription open to Apple TV um, for Foundation oh. and for for that series. So yeah, I'll I'll be I'll definitely check out the Metropolis um, when it when it shows up. But I've never actually watched the original Metropolis, but I know of it. Like I've seen enough uh, footage of it to appreciate you know what they were doing you know way back then. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, Anyway, does anyone else have any uh, geek news they want to throw out? Well, I was just going to say, um, I think it, I think it's geeky enough. Um, they found um, that ship off the coast of Antarctica. Oh, yes, I saw. Um, oh. Gosh, sorry, I just lost my train of thought mid-sentence. Yeah. The Shackleton, uh, the, ship. The Shackleton the, ship. The Endurance. The Endurance! Yes. Yeah. Thank yep. you. Yeah, they they finally found it, and it's in remarkable condition, um, preserved incredibly well, three thousand meters below the surface, um, just off the coast of Antarctica. And there's, if you Google it, you can find the story right away. And there's some pretty cool pictures. Like it, it looks so good. Is it's it going to lead to a national treasure? Yeah. And and it disappeared when. Uh, I, want to, I want to say the eighteen hundreds. Eighteen hundreds. Okay, so no, no survivors then. <laughs> no, no. Oh, part no. It was later than that. Was it? Uh, disappeared um, somewhere around nineteen twelve, I think. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Still no survivors. <laughs> no, and they they did they did survive. They'd be very old survivors now. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they're alive anymore. <laughs> but but many of them Sorry. did. Many of them did escape. Huh. That'd have been cold. Oof. Interesting. Um. So she sank in nineteen fifteen, I believe. 
She was crushed by pack ice and sank in the Weddell Sea off of Antarctica. All mm. of the crew survived except for the ship's cat. Ah, okay. So there were survivors. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. It's an amazing story. Yeah, they, they were able to, like, some of them some of them escaped by boat and some of them escaped by just walking across walking, the ice. Walking off the ice, yeah. Um, so, yeah, pretty interesting. Excellent. Yeah, I, I, I saw that on the news. Um, yeah, it's fascinating. Kind of remind, reminds me of the terror, like that uh, that whole story. But that was up <laughs> in the Arctic, the terror, and I can't remember it's, the other ship. A, 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 another Jared Harris TV series. Yes. Terror. Yeah. You saw that, the AFC. The, you know. Yep, that was, that was been, a good one. The, the terror's been recommended to me, but I haven't watched it yet. Well, Very good. Uh, They've had two seasons. The first season is about the ship, the Terror, and then season two is about um, it's more of a horror. Um, yeah, they, it's an anthology. The, the yeah, the first season is is about the the two ships stuck in the Antarctic. The second season is about uh, Japanese uh, um, internment camp. Yeah, yeah. Survivors. George yeah. George Takai is in, different sto- in that sh- different stories. Yeah. yeah, George Takai is in. Yeah, both both were good. Both seasons were good, but I, I liked I liked the first one a little bit better because I liked the the whole ship aspect of it. Mm, yeah, um, me too. <laughs> Tall ships. Yeah. But uh, all right, well, let's move on to the last segment of this episode, and that is our brain candy segment. So for this segment, we're going to talk about things that we've read or watched recently uh, or listened to and we're gonna if we want make it a pick or a pan uh, depending on uh, you know if you want to go that route um so let's go around the table and we will start with michael what do you have for us for brain candy okay well i'm definitely going to recommend this because if now there's a lot of streaming services out there but if you have crave tv which is a canadian streaming service Mm -hmm. um you can you can watch um a tv series called wellington paranormal which is produced in new zealand uh and um my uh the one of the podcasts i produce is balloon juice and one of the frequent guests on our podcast is Nick Ward, who is a, a writer in New Zealand, he actually has written several episodes of this series. The series is one of the executive producers is Taika Waititi. It's oh, cool. a um, it's a send up of of cops and the X Files. It's like a, a it's in it's in takes place in Wellington in New Zealand, and it's uh, this TV or this police force who are uh, you know followed around by a, a documentary crew. Uh, you know, doing a cop style show, but they, they, you know, there's a, a paranormal investigative unit which is underfunded and just basically in someone's closet. But they, they, they encounter supernatural mysteries. It's a hilarious show. It's very it's a, funny. It's a spinoff of what we do in the shadows, right? Uh it's. It, I don't know if it's an actual spinoff or not because I've never seen what, what we do in the shadows. But it's, oh. it's a lot of the same people, and. Uh, um, my friend Nick wrote one episode, uh, the third episode called the, the seventies ghost, the party ghost, uh, which is, which is, which is laugh out loud funny. It's hilarious. Um, so yeah, I would, if you have, have crave TV, I would recommend you find Wellington paranormal. There's two seasons. They're, they're very short episodes, but they're very, they're very funny. That sounds fantastic. Honestly. All right. I'm writing that down. Cause I do have crave. 
Okay. All right. Uh, Lillian, what do you have this week for brain candy? All right. So we went and saw Uncharted last night. And I'm going to pan the ever-loving hell out of it. Oh, it looks so bad. It was so... I, it's funny because I ended up snarling, so I, my two teenagers on my side, other side of me, I had the 17 year old boy child on my left, my, my 15 year old daughter on my right. I, I had to tell her halfway like through the beginning of the movie just to shut up because she would not stop squealing over Tom Holland. And I was, I felt so bad afterwards <laughs> and I was like, it's okay. I love you. But three quarters of the movie felt like, you know, a really bad wannabe Indiana Jones type thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I had so many issues with the end of the movie, um, I literally at one point just leaned over to my son and went, this doesn't work, does it? And he went, nope. Um, I know that it, it's based off a video game, and if it had been in the video game world, I probably would have been fine because I grew up with Final Fantasy with airships and God knows what else. And, and you you can just you, – you, you have a, a level of disbelief that you're allowed. You, you suspend your belief. But mm-hmm. in this one, I was just like – the, those helicopters can't do that and that wouldn't work that way and physics and and no and oh dear god your, stop your, your willing suspension of disbelief was less than willing it was not willing it was definitely not because the, the part of me that mostly got me is just like no it's just even in a video game I'd still be like how do they work this but I mean it was just Ugh, I had so I was looking forward to it because I love a good treasure hunting movie. Like I love the Who Done It and thing, but it seems like they borrowed from every cliche for, that they could and didn't put any thought into it whatsoever. Whether it was a tunnel or a trap or some kind of something, it was just very yeah, just yeah, it's so bad. Yeah. All right, good to know. Wait till it comes out on Crave. <laughs> yeah, and then and then you guys can all be like, if, if I'm just being a total tool, please tell me. But I know that I can be horribly nitpicky and I can be ridiculous. But in this, I'm just sitting there going, did the directors talk to anyone about this beforehand? Like, it's like, okay, you just mentioned the ship. So if the ship that they found, if they were to go... And to that that old v- ship that was just found, and they just decided to lift it up into the air and bring it to Canada. Hmm. It would fall apart. Yeah. There you go. Right there. All right. Yeah, I, 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 you're not the <laughs> only person that's said similar things to me about that movie. So it was already on my list of, I'll just wait till it shows up on... On Crave. Even then, I don't know if I'll it's like it. It's not... It's just... It's I let, so many, Mark Wahlberg is fantastic in it. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg is hilarious. Antonio Banderas is so bad. Mm. So bad. Oh, um... Can I... Are we doing just one at a time, or are we doing... Can I throw no, in... Yeah, throw in whatever else you want to throw in. No, there's one more, so I yeah. ended up picking up randomly off of audible it was on a canadian stream and i i just nabbed it it was this book by a canadian author louise penny uh called still life and it was the first of i think there's 16 or 
17 Inspector Gamash books, and I was in love. I figured out who the murderer was in the first five seconds, but the fact that I wanted to keep reading. And then yep. I downloaded two more of her books, so I finished one, two, and three. And it took me, once I got into the second one, it took me a little bit to her style of writing is the murder doesn't actually happen until about chapter eight, but you're so in, you get to know the characters and some of them you become heavily invested in and you just love them. But I was like, this is amazing. And I actually had to take a break and move to a different audiobook. Otherwise I would have downloaded probably all of them. And I only have eight credits left on audible and there's more books. So it would have cost me like $120 if I kept moving this quickly through them. But um, she's a wonderful Canadian author, and the, if you like detective books, Inspector Gamache is fantastic, and his it, it's just it, she makes some amazing characters. So, yeah. awesome. Uh, that's my that's my pick. Perfect. Uh, Ragnar, do you have anything for Brain Candy this week? Uh, yeah. Um, first off, I just wanted to say, Lillian, I watched the trailer for Uncharted. It looked terrible. So thanks for confirming that I was right. <laughs> it's not. Um, you know what? My kid, um, Amanda, loved it because Tom Holland was shirtless through three quarters of it. So okay. well, there you go. I don't think that would matter to me. But <laughs> no. So you'd be sitting there going, you just got hit by a car <clears throat> flying through the air. You should not be alive. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Um. So I got I have two picks this week. Um, the first one is the uh, Reacher show on Amazon. Mm. Um, I loved it. It's really, really, really close to the books. They they only made a few changes. Most of them were minor and not of major consequence. And um, it was. It was really cool to see a book get brought to life like that. Um, so if you like action movies, uh, you'll love it. And if you don't like violent action movies, you probably won't like this show because it's essentially about a six foot five, two hundred and fifty pound ex military guy who wanders into different small towns and helps beat up all the bad guys. And there's a few twists and turns, but for the most part, it's it's what I just described. And if that's your thing, oh, man, it's great. Um, so I, I really liked it, and I, I'd say I'd give it four out of five. Um, my, my biggest complaint with it is in the book, they talk about music a lot. Mm-hmm. And in the show, they, they still talked about the music, and they even played some of it, but... I think they could have done more with the music. I think they could have they could have really brought that to life in a way that they they really didn't in the show. It felt to me like the guy who wrote the screenplay really liked that kind of music, but the guy who actually directed or created the show isn't into it and only included it because it was canon for the character. Mm. But that's a very minor nitpick, and probably most people won't even know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, if you like action movies, Reacher on Amazon is pretty great. I'm going to jump in. Um, I love the the series; it was great. It was uh, you know, a big action movie or a big action TV series. But I have one major big complaint, and that was with the actual 
a crime. It takes them like all up until the last episode to figure out what it is that the bad guys are doing. And it all has to do with, mm-hmm. them, with counterfeiting. But here's my problem. It was kind of it was a very clever idea, but it doesn't work because and I know because I'm in the printing industry. I work for a print yeah. shop. You cannot do that. It is impossible to print money one at a time. You have to do them on large sheets. Mm. It, it just does not work. Unless you've got suspension one guy. Suspension of disbelief, right? Or well, suspension well of it's, it's, this, is, this is how I make my living. So, you know, I know you cannot do that with one at a time with, with dollar bills. It's like there was a scene in, uh, there's a movie, uh, a Steven Spielberg movie, Catch, you, Catch Me If You Can. This is a scene where Tom Hanks catches uh, um, Leonardo DiCaprio printing business cards in a German uh, print house. He's, he's standing in front of this giant German Heidelberg printer. And he's printing business cards one at a time. Absolutely not. You cannot do that. That does not happen. That's not the way business cards get printed. Anyway, so that's my. Yeah. There's what? there's my there's my printer's perspective on on the Reacher series. Yeah. I love Maybe the show. They had sheets of paper somewhere, and they were cutting them off camera. Yeah, <laughs> because well, they they showed them in the vats though. They were single dollars. They did. They did. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, it's just not going to work. Sorry. And now, and I could be wrong here because I didn't read the book recently. It seemed to me in the book they did all the same things, but they didn't take a $1 bill and bleach it out and then print it as 100 They just pulped the whole thing up and then used that pulp to make the $100 bill so it was the right paper. There, you see, that works. That that would make but, sense. I, well, I could be mistaken. <laughs> I'd have to reread the book to confirm that. But I, okay. I, I think that's what they were doing. And probably for the show, they just edited it for simplicity. Mm-hmm. Probably. But yeah, but yeah, you have a good point there. Yeah, you for sure can't print those one at a time. That is not how it works. You lose money doing that. Yeah, yeah. Even if you're trying to make fake even if money. you're trying to make two dollars into one into hundred dollar bills. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the um, pick that I have for this week, uh, it's not super recent, but I finally sat down with a copy of the book Ready Player Two the sequel to Ready Player One. And while it is nowhere near as good or as long, even, as the original book, it's still pretty exciting. And I'm reading about 100 pages a night. Mm-hmm. Um, so staying up way past my bedtime reading it. So definitely enjoying it, but it is nowhere near as good as the original. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like the original is like this whole world. And then the sequel is like a little add-on quest from that world. Yeah. But if, but you're if st- you like the first book, you'll definitely, you should definitely read the second one. It doesn't suck. It's just yeah, not as epic as the first one. But yeah, if it's got you staying up past your bedtime, that's the sign of a good book. Yeah. Yeah. When I suddenly realized, like, I went to bed at midnight and I'm still reading and it's 2 a.m. I'm like, oh, oh. Yeah, okay, I guess I'm into this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, and I, I still haven't seen the film. I, I'm told the film of the original book, the film is so different from the, the book that it's almost like its own separate entity. Oh, okay. Um, but I haven't seen it, so I, I can't comment on that. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. Um, I have the audiobook for Ready Player One. I still got a jump into that I, I i started listening to it but i think i fell asleep and then yeah i lost my spot so oh yeah 
I got to get back yeah. into. Well, it. it it was a really good book. It was a it was a cool concept. It's full of 1980s pop culture references and and enough dystopia to feel almost real. Yep. Um. Yeah. Pretty yeah. pretty enjoyable read. Yeah, and the audio book it's uh, Will Wheaton uh, reading oh, it. So yeah, yeah, that's perfect. That's the perfect guy to read it. Uh, Kevin, what do you have this uh, week for brain candy? Okay. I have been on a kick with the comic works of James Tinian IV hmm. over the last week, um, which are all like first times for me going through. Oh, my God. I, I just need to update my poll list now. So... And and they're they're books that I think everyone would like too. It's not just like a you know comic niche superhero stuff. Um, so I started with something is killing the children, which is uh, a, a a thing. Uh, kills some high school kids, and this young woman shows up to take care of it. Her name is Erica Slaughter. Shows up, blonde hair, uh, wearing like sleeveless shirt, jeans, uh, has this mask on over her mouth, so her, her eyes are still showing, with uh, sharp teeth all over the mask, and she is here to kill the monsters. And you're like, all right, badass. And then the story gets bigger and bigger, and you realize what the monsters really are and what the whole point of her is. And things happen within the small town that this all takes place in that just shocks me. Then we go back to the origins of Erica, how she got started in this. And it's a whole much bigger world of here are monsters, here are those that fight monsters, and here's what we have to do to keep this running and society to move on like normal. Mm-hmm. So book is awesome. Sorry, been optioned for a series on Netflix. Uh, so then I jumped over to Department of Truth, which is a mind job. Um, and it is the more that people think of something and think it's real, the more that it can be brought into existence, like thoughts become real. So it, the book starts out with, um, someone seeing the wall at the end of a flat earth. And saying this shouldn't exist. No, it shouldn't exist. So the Department of Truth is here to make it unexist. And now you're allowing for the ride and seeing all of the stuff. And okay, here's what's really happening and what really went on. But here's where stuff got out of hand. And we used to be able to keep this under control in the 50s and 60s and 70s. But then this internet thing happened and ideas are created so quickly. It's tough for us to keep up with it. And, oh, my God, it's so good. Just really makes you, you know, question things, think about things, and then and then see this giant mystery unfolding. And that one's a lot more prose than art. Like, it's, it's, it's a comic, it's a graphic novel, but it's leaning more towards the novel part of it. Hmm. So uh, both of those, um, Something's Killing Children's from Boom!, uh, Department of Truth is from Image, and then he now has uh, Black Label, uh, which is DC Comics' adult line for Nice House on the Lake. 
God, that was nuts. I just finished that one earlier today. Nice uh, house on the lake? A nice house on the lake. Okay. Uh, group of, group of people, like early, early, uh, mid twenties, maybe late at the most, are all brought together. They all kind of know each other. Some of them are good friends. Some of them are acquaintances, but they all have one friend in common. And he's that friend. You know, oh, oh my okay. God. Everyone loves him. Everyone thinks he's great. And he's like, hey, we haven't been together in for years. We haven't seen each other. Um, I, I rented a, I rented a cabin out on the lake. We're all going to hang out for a weekend. Um, I've paid for everything. I made for everything because if one of us doesn't do it, we'll never do it. We'll never hang out. And our lives are already, you know, uh, drifting away from each other. So everyone shows up and then something happens to the world outside of where they are. And they go, oh shit. Well, we're all here. Why are we all here? Oh, because our mutual friend planned, and he may have known something was coming. Mm. So now where do we go from here with it? And every single issue opens up this mystery more of what's actually going really on here. That sounds really cool. Yep, so the, the first six issues just got collected. Issue seven just came out. Apparently there was like a three or four month break in between like to let people get caught up uh-huh. and so it's only going to go 12 issues and it got bigger and bigger with each turn and each issue and the crazy thing is everyone's going to pick someone that's like I think that's how I would have acted in this situation like the, every character is so distinct and so different that you can be like okay that's who I would have been if this happened and I still hmm. There's a framing sequence to it that I can tell is for a reason. Like, here's how every issue opens up. And I'm like, okay, this is happening for a reason, too. And we're not even at the reason yet for this to make sense. So I'm probably going to have to go back and reread it all when it's all done to understand this. Yeah. But he's he's good. He's really good. He's going to make all the money in comics. Yeah, well, he I like his uh, Batman stuff. Like he, I think he did a good yep. job on Batman. But I haven't, yeah, I haven't checked out his other stuff. But yeah, that all sounds wonderful. I've heard, I've heard other people talk about, uh, you know, uh, his his other works, but haven't got around to checking out. But yeah, definitely will. That's awesome. Yeah, I, yeah, um, not from him though, but very good, very interesting. Uh, I read the Man Who Fucked Up Time. Uh, a lab assistant goes back one week to make some changes. He jumps back forward to enjoy, you know, the slight changes that he made in his life, you know, buying lotto tickets and stuff like that. And he comes back forward and, uh, there are dinosaurs and the United States is a kingdom and there are castles and everything. And it's all because of him going back one week that he has screwed up. Okay. Now that sounds like my kind of thing. Oh, my yep. goodness. Yep. So then he has to figure out, okay, what did I do and how can I fix this? Yeah. And that was only, like, five issues. I think that's all collected. And uh, Stray Dogs. Oh, my God. It is a murder mystery told from a dog's perspective. But the dog and and the other dogs in the story are all – it's a former My Little Pony artist that drew the comic. 
So it's super cute cartoony, but it's this horrible murder mystery that's trying to be solved from a dog's perspective. Yeah. That and sounds it really awesome. messes with yeah. Oh, it was so good. So good. I, I was even telling people, I'm like, if you're a dog owner, this might be tough for you. I was like, I'm not a dog owner and it was tough for me. Yeah. Like it just there's stuff that just breaks your heart in it. But it's so well written and so well done, you gotta keep going for it. There's no, I don't think they could, I don't think they could adapt it without like, they'd have to put like warning labels on it. Like this is not for kids. Yeah. It, it looks, looks like, like it, it should be, not. but it's not. Yeah. 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 But it was so good. It, it plays with, you know, <clears throat> dogs not having concept of time, dogs forgetting things, dogs, uh, what they can, you know, uh, what they can and can't see for color. However, how good they're sense of smell is really awesome cool stuff but in this cartoony style it's just oh so good i i I read a lot of good comics this week i was so happy (laughs) right on um all right well i got uh three things uh to throw out here really quickly uh they're all picks uh first up is a comic book called gi joe saturday morning adventures um so this is from IDW because they have the the license for GI Joe, and it's drawn in the and written in the style of the '80s cartoon. So it it looks like you're you're watching the cartoon because it's drawn in that style, and the the writing is of that style. Um, it was it was funny. Oh, Joe. Yep, it was. Yeah, you could hear that. It was funny. It was hilarious, and at the end of the issue, they even had. Um, you know how they would do the uh, and knowing's half the battle like you'd have that lesson the last page of the comic book is a lesson uh related to the story um like it 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 was so good it it really was like watching you know the old 80s cartoon and i could actually hear the voice actors um saying the lines that these guys are saying um yeah, it was so much fun. I, I, I loved it. IDW also has the Transformers license and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles license. So I'm hoping they do this with those franchises as well, because I would love to read, you know, the continuing adventures of those cartoons. Um, but yeah, it was it was so great. Uh, next up, I got Peacemaker. That is the DC uh, comic TV show based on... The character Peacemaker from the Suicide Squad movie, played by uh, John Cena. Um, yeah, I, I laughed. I, I thought this was hilarious. If you like Deadpool, that type of you know humor, um, this is the show for you. It, it is quite funny. Um, the last episode had some great cameos from uh, the Snyderverse. And, uh, yeah, I, I think John Cena kind of in the way that Ryan Reynolds was born to play Deadpool. I think this is the perfect character for John Cena. I, I, yeah. he, it's I, a, it's a great series. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, also one of the cast members, uh, is actually someone who I've met before, uh, Lachlan Monroe, who is actually a Canadian actor. Uh, he, uh, he's, he, years ago I was in a, I was in one episode of a TV series called Northwood. He was the star of the show. Uh, I had did one scene that I have an IMDb oh. uh, entry because of that. Um, 
but the, C- the CBC uh, series. I yeah, it was a CBC series. Yeah, yeah. But I wasn't I wasn't in a scene with him. I was in a scene with the other one of the other characters. But yeah, that's uh, so that's my my Kevin Bacon, you know, six degrees of separation connection to Lachlan Monroe. He's also from the town that I'm living in now. Sam and I am actually he's originally uh, originally from here. He's, uh, I work with a bunch of guys who know him who coached him in hockey. So <laughs> so yeah. anyway, so Lachlan Monroe, he's like I think he's in his 50s now, but. He's the same age as I am, so so. Uh, but he's he's very funny, and he's he's got a he plays the the uh, the FBI agent. There's the two FBI agents, yeah. the young Asian woman, and the older guy. He's the older guy. Anyway. Yeah, I was gonna say I remember him from a CBC show, but I couldn't remember the name of the series. But um, that was the series that came on after Degrassi, right? Like it, like they made it after Degrassi went yeah. off the air. That's right. Yeah, I remember that episode. show. I remember him in it because he was also in. He was in a movie, right? Uh, the one where he he's trying. What, what is it? Where he, he was in Night at the Roxbury. Night at the Roxbury. He was he was in that one. Will Ferrell and. Yeah, yeah, but the one I'm thinking of is where he. Like it's these college students, and they're and they're failing, and but they will get a pass if their roommate dies like if their roommate commits suicide oh oh that's stupid that was with the ashton kutcher wasn't it maybe i don't know if it was ashton but i think he played like the crazy guy like the guy that they thought he was gonna like kill himself but he's actually just nuts and he like almost (laughs) kills them um i can't remember the name of that movie that was so long ago um i remember that movie He's, he hasn't had a he hasn't had what you call a stellar career, but Dead Man on Campus. Yeah, Dead Man on Campus. Yeah, it had Tom Everett Scott and Mark Paul Gossler. Yes, I was gonna say the guy from Saved by the Bell, and and yeah, yep. like uh, Mike, Mike Michael the the guy that you mentioned, I can't um, the Canadian actor. He played the yeah the crazy guy, the guy that they yeah. thought was gonna kill himself, but he was just all around nuts. Yeah, so Lachlan. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, small world, that that's really cool. Um, and last but not least, I know this is going to be divisive. I I like the book of Boba Fett. Um, the, you know, there was a lot of things that could have been better. There was something I I really think. You know, they wanted to go certain places, and I think Disney stepped in and kind of quashed it because it's Disney. Um. But I love, I lo- you know, spoilers. But I loved the episodes when the Mandalorian showed up. I, you know, it was kind of like Mandalorian season two point five, kind of. Yeah. And there was, I, there was an entire episode that Boba Fett didn't even appear in. Well, I think he should. I think is it? Did, oh no, he, he didn't he, appear in it. It, it uh-huh. was the Mandalorian episode. Yeah, what's her name? Uh, Fennec yeah. Shand appeared in it. Oh, but, yeah. he, but he didn't. He was mentioned, but you don't see him. Yeah, which which is cool. I the, like I, yeah. you know, like, I, I didn't hate the show, not by any means, but it's definitely flawed. Yeah, it it, it was flawed. Um, I didn't like the Vespas. I didn't like oh, the fact that good. spoilers they killed off Jennifer Beals. I was very sad about that. Yeah, she was pretty hot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, and what's his name? That stupid, you know. Uh, uh, Max Rebo is that his name? The you know like the the blue skin uh, 
organist there? Oh, the the mouth, the mayor's the mayor's guy. No, no, no. Like the guy that was on Jabba's barge, but somehow survived, and he was playing in her bar with the band. Oh yeah. And then when it got blown up, he happened to not be there, so he, I'm sure he's going to show up next season. You know, as background. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it's like they they spared him, but not her. It's not fair. Not fair. But I, lo- I loved seeing The Mandalorian. I loved seeing Mark Hamill again. Um, you know. Yeah. I, 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 I enjoyed it. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, the Obi-Wan series that is coming out in May. But, um, all right. I think we can call this an episode of Geek Fallout Reloaded. But before we go, let's play that little game of where we can find you on the internet. And Lillian, where can we find you? I am on Twitter. It's Talking Squirrel. That's Talking Without an A, and you're welcome to come say hello. Excellent. Uh, Ragnar, where can we find you? Well, uh, RagnarTheTrader.com is my main website, and I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and I do have an Etsy store, all under Ragnar the Trader. Excellent. Kevin, where can we find you, sir? You can find my blog over at maskedlibrary.com i am at masked library across most social medias and i also do the hellions talks podcast over at the retro network excellent uh you can find me on facebook twitter and instagram at chris lock 1701 and last but not least michael where can we find you sir well, you can find my art gallery at mdjackson.artstation.com. Uh, you can find uh, Jack McKenzie, my writer personality, at uh, Jack McKenzie Writer at WordPress.com, and I am on Facebook and uh, Twitter both as Michael Dean Jackson and as Jack McKenzie. Excellent. Uh, and this was uh, Geek Follow Reloaded, the biweekly news and discussion podcast for geeks by geeks. And we will see you next time. And Welcome to the Wasteland.